Well, praise the Lord. Are you happy to be here this morning? Are you excited? I'm excited this morning. Put those out of the way. If I don't, they're going to end up all over the floor, and that would be bad because then I'd have to pick them up. Got my glasses. Got those. I'm all set and all prepared. I'm excited this morning because um, I can start to see the evidence of the Spirit in the natural. I can start to be seeing things that the dead religion, that the that the that the world is being drawn out of in the day that I'm living in. The dead religion that doesn't produce anything. It's a form of religion without power. Ability to change. Ability to, to change circumstances and governments and atmospheres. Ability to change intimate and people's personal lives. I'm seeing change. I'm seeing governments be affected all over the world. And I'm seeing the evidence of that coming to pass. Amen? Amen. I'm excited because um, it seems to me that God is telling his story. Whoever stands up up here, wherever I hear the Lord being preached, or wherever I hear, there's a theme to it. And there's a trumpet blast that's been uh, being sounded from on high for weeks. And if your ear is tuned to the Spirit, you can begin to understand what He's doing and what that means and what our part is. That the people who are stuck in the rituals of religion and just the form without the, without the evidence of the King of Kings... Some people go to church every Sunday, have for years, but they're still spiritual infants. And growing up to be a son has nothing to do with your natural age. You can be 50, 60, 70 years old and not be born again. You can be 50, 60, 70 years old, be born again, but still be an infant. You can be 60, 70 years old, be born again, and, and, and be an adolescent. You see, the natural age that you are doesn't have anything to do with the spiritual maturity where you are today. I know kids that are barely teenagers, that they're operating as though they're spiritual adults. And I know people that are 80 years old that have gone to church and done the religious thing for their entire life, but they have yet to come out of the period of adolescence. And the day that we're in, God's calling his people. God's calling his church. God's calling the sons to come out of the dead places and the places that didn't matter. Because dead religion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It has no ability to change anything. It's a form and a function without the power of the living God. And we're entering a day where we're going to see change increase in magnitude and speed. And that's where you come in. Overcomers all the days of your life. And this is his story that he's telling in you.
in an atmosphere and in a setting where we happen to live, but I believe he's doing it all over the world. And that's how I know that God is on the move. Not just in Praise Chapel in the Upper Valley or New Hampshire and Vermont. God is the God of the globe, of the universe. Amen? I'm excited because I can see the thread that is happening in the Word. We have John came up, and his testimony was, boy. And you could see the anointing on him and the favor of God. And his his voice got really quiet, and he's gotten really, you know, and he's trying to be very careful about following the Lord and saying what he wanted him to say. And he's starting to talk about growth and planting things and and trying to see see those things grow. He's talking about giving it giving the plant that he had too much water. And it took the tenderness of the female to come alongside and say, "Well, wait a minute. You know, it's not about the volume of water, it's about the love and it's about the giving the right thing at the right time." Right? We had Steve come up talking about love and he said Today is a word about love, and I love what he did because anytime you get out of the normal, right, it sticks in your mind, and I remember Steve coming over here and sitting down, and I'm like, well, what's he going to do now? He's like, that's the word. It's love. Come on. Get the word. And he's talking about the heart of God, and he's talking about the people and the, and the family and the places where he hasn't had opportunity to really engage with his children. But things are changing, and they're on the move. And he's anticipating breakthrough. I remember talking to you a few weeks ago about John, where he says, you know, unless you abide in the vine, Unless you abide in the vine, you have to abide in the vine. You have to abide in who he is, part of the vine. And then I remember talking to you about uh, the 30, 60, and the 100-fold, and I tried to put a PowerPoint up on the back wall to give you a visual representation of, wow, gosh, The people that think they're going to heaven, according to the word of God, it's not the multitudes as it's shown in the presentation. And then before I even settled in the word, the spirit came in to distract, and many of you were willing to just give that up without really taking it in. The the seed on the hard places came and the birds ate it up because of the distractions of this world. And so I want to remind you today that God is telling his story and where he wants you to experience. And I don't want you to go away thinking that, well, that was a good message. That's religion. That's dead religion that has no ability to change. And if that's all you ever experience in life, we heard this morning that God says, I would prefer that you were either hot or cold. Being lukewarm means total rejection. And that's the problem that the Pharisees get in, the Sadducees, a form of religion. But I want to encourage you today that we're in a season of time where the Holy Spirit 
is ministering the will and the heart of God. And that's where growth happens. And so as God is calling his people out of the dead places, out of the past, out of the anxieties of the frustration of where we've been, you know, let me pause for a moment. Sometimes the word that I bring, I struggle with it the most. As I did on that word that I brought on 30, 60, and 100. I know the words. I know the words. But I so much want to experience something fresh and alive that I evaluate my life and I think about, well, there are places in my life that are dead. And that whole week after I brought that week, I couldn't get it out of my thinking. And I was going to the Lord and continuing to say, God, without you, I have no hope for change. Without you in my life to to cause me to think about what you're wanting to change, how could I ever align the actions of my faith with your word? Otherwise, it's dead. And we can understand a word in PowerPoint, and we can understand a word written in this love letter to us, but unless we really take it in and go back to him and say, what is it? that you want to minister to my heart on, that I can put an action to and not just believe it's going to take place someday in the future. That's dead religion. It doesn't have any power. And that's being lukewarm. And we heard today that God doesn't accept the lukewarm. He wishes you were either hot or cold. Now I join with you wanting to be the hot. The problem is none of us can do it by ourselves. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other. And so God gives us things to do that we get connected with each other. And God gives us situations and circumstances that we would draw on each other's strength because alone, we're alone. You must abide in the vine or you're cast out. God loves us. That was Steve's message. Some might have gone away thinking that the command to bear fruit There's there's a couple different ways that I processed this through the week after I brought the word. I found myself thinking that the command to bear fruit is actually a threat. And I saw my daddy with the stick, as I did years ago. And I had to work through God, this is your word. You love me. It isn't about the things I'm going to ever do or have done. It isn't about my credentials. It isn't about whether I see myself as a spiritual child or an adult. 
you love me. Period. And I got to experience that with my own kids, having never have met them until the day of their birth. Instantly, somehow, one of the mysteries of God, somehow, there's an immediate love for something you know very little about. Right? Now, all of a sudden, your responsibilities change, and you have new, you, get up, you have to get up in the middle of the night, right? You have to clean, uh, clean the diapers. You have to feed. The, all these things of responsibility. Well, the day that we're in is calling us out of the childish things and into the responsibility and the mantle of the covering that is to rest on each one of you. The authority of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you know him. Because you've experienced him. Because you've walked through a day called atonement. And you have done the self-assessment of who you are. You know, I talk to people, well, what are you so excited about? Well, day of atonement's coming. Well, what's that? Well, it's a day when, you know, uh, Jesus, in, in Jesus' day, right, the, not the times where the priests would uh, take the goats and lay hands on the goats and lead one goat out of the camp, and that was the scapegoat, and Aaron would take the other goat and kill the goat, take the blood. Not, not that. Though it's a type and a shadow that's real, that's God's word that we would understand, I'm like, well, Jesus came to take our sins away. Well, I don't have any sin. And I hear, well, what's my sin? Well, it's not for me to tell you. It's not for any man to tell another man or another woman what your sin is. I'm not going to, God didn't say, line them all up and tell them what their sin is. There are places where the prophet comes before you and challenges you and speaks to you. But in the day that we're in, you're supposed to go and spend time with God to understand how He wants you to be focused, how He wants you to be thinking about your life, about the lives of your brothers and your sisters, about how you become a part of the body of Christ, about what you're busy about during the day with your actions. If you're in front of the TV all day and self-serving and doing whatever things, maybe, maybe, God would have you transition that lifestyle to something brand new and fresh that's more about other people, that's more about your brothers and your sisters and a community. It can be before you're saved, before you're born again. It can be all about me and what I want to do in my life. It can be about the corporate ladder. It can be about success. But when you become born again and you press forward into the greater things of God, you discover that all of a sudden the baby, the infant that needs to be taken care of and diapers change and fed on a regular clock basis and they need help continuously 
calling the pastor. You won't, under, you won't believe what just happened today. Well, I know I talked to you four hours ago, but this is new. Come on. I know I talk to you every single day at 6 o'clock, but we've got to double that because there's so much going on in my life. Right? There's a period and a season of time where you experience growth because of his love and who he is. Where you don't need to call the pastor four times a day anymore. All of a sudden you're down to three weeks and it hasn't, there hasn't been the need because the relationship between you and the Holy Spirit is such that he's guiding your heart through the trials. Now I'm not saying we don't need each other. We do. But another person can't be your salvation. Another person can't be the reason why you feel like things are going to be okay. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not making time for him, and if you're not drawing on him, and if you're not experiencing seasons of atonement where you know, yeah, I'm right with God today. I'm right with God. This is what happened. And I'm thinking different and experiencing different. And my heart is beating to a different beat today. Because there's something going on inside of me that's so real and so tangible. And that's the living religion. Not the dead. It's the opportunity to understand that he is with you and for you. And he will never leave you and forsake you. But it's up to you with what you do with that as you grow from the infant to the adolescent to the teenage years to the adult years and beyond. I'm one with you crying out as much or as little as I have in Jesus Christ. It is nowhere near my, the expectation of what I'm putting on myself. God, there's got to be more. And that's my cry when I'm alone with him. Show me the great things. I want to come out of the baby stuff. I want to come out of needing my diapers changed. I want to grow into sonship. I want to grow into adolescence. I want to grow into manhood and adulthood. I want to grow and to be a demonstration to the people around me of who Christ is. Sometimes I feel embarrassed about mentioning his name in a very public setting because I know the people are much against him and there's fear. And so I can look at myself and say, that's an area that needs to grow. That's an area where God is fingering that I will one day, soon, maybe today, be the overcomer. Because it's always hard for me to stand up here and bring a word to you, because in some places I'm revealing what's going on inside of me and sharing with you what I'm hearing God say and what I'm hearing God want to orchestrate. And I'm being the vulnerable place of sharing. And that's what we heard Barb do just a few weeks ago. You see, that's not dead. That's living. That's alive. 
that's full of the power of God, where Barb comes up here and she starts telling a very personal and a very intimate story about something that she has dealt with for years and years and years. And she was ashamed and embarrassed. But she had the boldness to stand up in front of you and say, this is what God is doing in my heart. This is what's going on in my life. This God that I love, that I've given my life to, here is what he's doing for me. You see, and it's a transition from shame to boldness, to affirmation, to love, to change. And who knows where words like that will go because God is everywhere. Amen? I need to get back on my word here. You're letting go of fleshly thinking and reasoning and judgments. And we are being drawn into spiritual things. We said that the kingdom of God cannot be, cannot be apprehended or can't be thought about in natural ways. The kingdom of God is spiritual, and spirit births spirit, flesh births flesh. And you're making the transition from the, the child, right, over into something brand new. It's uncomfortable. It's challenging. You often wonder, am I even going to make it? But this is a story that God is telling, He is telling, in your life. He will not fail. Into the eternal things of God, the things that are intended to last and not be burned up. Most of the things that the community is focused on in these days will not last. They're not going to make it. When the trial comes, they crumble. But you're being introduced to the things of the Spirit that will last forever. Amen? Paul put it this way. He said, faith, hope, and love. So I'm really preaching, if you want to know and, and challenge yourself today, I'm really preaching out of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Amen? He said, out of all of these things, you can be the gong and the clanging cymbal and you can prophesy and you can move mountains and you can do a great, enormous things, but if you don't have what? Love. You're a clanging cymbal and rejected by the Father. He said, out of all of these things, which one remains? Faith, hope, and love. Faith is critical. Because God said, it's impossible to come to me unless you believe that I am. So that's woven into the fabric of who we are. Faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. Faith, hope, and love. But he said, some things will pass away and not remain. But he said the greatest of these is love. Why did he say that the greatest of these is love? Why? Faith is great. Faith is the, is the substance of how you got here. And it'll be the substance of, the, of, the, of, of what you continue to hold on to to experience the victories that you're going to have. You're going to have them. 
They are yours. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We must understand that it's the Father that's drawing us through atonement. Humility can come right out of his presence and experience it in love. Faith, hope, and love. Faith will change. Hope will change. But love will never change. Why does hope change? Because when we're walking in the Spirit, hope turns out to be your experience. And that's what we have waiting for us in this day and in the days of eternity. There's going to be a day in your life where you don't hope anymore. It becomes your experience. And hope is fulfilled in the experience Faith. In the age to come, faith will give way to sight. When you walk as a son, when you're walking in the fullness of who he is, so whatever measure you are right now, nobody has attained the fullness of Jesus Christ, but the promise from the Father is that we would experience it. And when you're walking in the fullness of Jesus Christ, faith is now. Faith will give way to sight. Sight. So that's why he says the greatest of these is love. Because God is love and God never changes. He never changes. So as I begin to wrap this up, love never operates out of self-serving. With a person thinking, what can I get out of that? If I show up for this, or if I give this, or if I experience this, or if I write this check, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? What's in it for me, right? hear that all the time. What's in it for me? Why should I do that? Why would you have me fill in the blank? Love doesn't seek its own. If love seeks its own, the Father never would have given his Son as the vehicle by which we all experience salvation by the blood of Jesus Christ. Love gave. Love always gives. And if you're wondering, well, I just heard a a cry to sow in. I just heard a cry from one of our pastors to be a part of what's going on. Well, wait a minute. Saturdays is my only day off. And Sundays, it's kind of, you know, in the middle. What's in it for me? Right now, the Spirit is drawing the people together, changing the hearts, and reorganizing. And if you don't want that, you may remain spiritually where you're at. Child, adolescence, teenager, wherever you're at. 
But if you're listening to the trumpet sound, and you're listening to the words that so many people have been bringing the heart of God, what's, what he's passionate about. If God stays up at night, let's just say this is what he keeps him awake, the hope of his people, the hope of the destiny that is written about you in the archives of heaven with the angels bringing the books to him saying, is now the time? Can we release this? Well, not quite yet. They're not quite ready yet. You see, in heaven there's an expectation and there's a motivation to carry out what is written. Only you can cause the answer of the Father to say, not quite yet. Not quite yet. 30, 60, and 100 fold. Three quarters of the people that heard the message didn't produce any fruit. So now is time. We're working through atonement. That means that nothing you've ever done in the past can hold you from coming into the very presence and the throne of God and experiencing change. Love does not seek its own. Love is continually poured out. Love doesn't parade itself over you, minimizing your trials or who you are. It doesn't do that. Love doesn't come to you and say, well, you're not as quite as good as so-and-so. Well, you don't have this experience or that experience. Well, you just, you know, remember that sin that I was talking to you about last week? You know, you really haven't dealt with that. It doesn't belittle you or tear you down or come to make you feel less than what God thinks about you. Love doesn't parade itself over you and somehow exalt itself so that you're getting a feeling of, well, that person just thinks he's better than me. That's not what love is. Love doesn't manipulate or measure you by some religious expectation. Well, you haven't been in church for three weeks. Must not uh, be very in with God. Doesn't play the guilt trip. It doesn't play the you should have, you would have. Love always starts from where you are in the right now and offers you an opportunity to move forward in the fullness of who he is. That's love. That means there's healing and deliverance. That means there's expectations to move out of the old, the things that crippled in the past, the things that held us captive in fear and in bondage and anxiety and stress, disappointments. Love is continually saying, that's in the past, if you'll take my hand, we're going to walk on and you're going to experience the brand new of what is written about you in heaven. So we have atonement. You have a few, like it was said earlier, we have a few, we have a few minutes to think about the fullness of really what he meant by abiding in the vine. Because if you don't abide in the vine, you're cast out. Piled up into a pile, prepared to be burned. 
And even the tree that's producing fruit, even the, even the child that's 13 years old producing fruit is pruned so they bear even more fruit and become the adult. And even the adult is pruned to become the fullness. And so the messages that have been coming for weeks are the sound of the trumpet. They're the sound of his heart. They're the sound of letting go of the past. They're the sound of love. They're the sound of the passion that beats through the blood of Jesus Christ through your veins. And I would encourage you to continue to be so real with him and let speak to him about your frustrations. Speak to him about what you think your shortcomings are and let him reorganize that. until the testimony of Jesus Christ is alive and operating in you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Amen and amen. Anything you want to add? Sure, sure. Come on up. Um, so it says, um, while there's no exact translation in English, koinonia uh, in Greek, in Greek, this word most closely associated with concepts of a holy, um, eventual fellowship, and in the Thayer's Greek English lexicon of the New Testament, defines it as a fellowship, association, and community and communion and joint participation. Its origin is in the Greek word koinonos, is that how you say it? Which means partner, sharer, and companion. In short, it is a shared community that involves deep, close-knit participation among its people. While some are tempted to substitute the word fellowship for this word, it's far deeper. Fellowship is a more surface-level, friendly relationship, while koinonos is full intimate unity and it's an important element in the New Testament particularly as the apostles became filled with the Holy Spirit and then helped establish the first communities of new believers shared not only in the spirit but also in all aspects of life together from meals and homes to money and so so forth and so on I just wanted to share that because it came up this week and as he was speaking it just, it was really hitting home that um, that's, that's who the church is, that that's who the church is supposed to be. And I think sometimes we, we forget that. We don't realize that the part that we play is much deeper than just the things we do or the things we find time to do. And so it's supposed to be, I guess, more a priority um, so, yeah, it's just a place. Obviously, it's a place that, um, you know, I need to work in better. And it's a place that I, I feel like the church as a whole, if, like Sean says, you know, sometimes when you're speaking something, it's for yourself, but it's also for the body. 
as a whole. So I wanted to share that with you guys. Oh, and also I wanted to share about a man named Ernie this week that I met. If you guys could just pray for him. Um, I went to have my car. I couldn't come to prayer Wednesday. I had to bring my truck down to Newport. But um, And I, I was actually kind of annoyed because I... I wanted to borrow a car so I could go do other things while they were working on it, but that didn't work out. And so I remember sitting there in the waiting room and saying, you know, I was very frustrated and I just had to sit there. And it was really hard because it was going to be like an hour and a half of just sitting there. And I'm like, okay, well, Lord, you must have something in store for me here um, because we're always used to going, going, doing whatever the next thing. But so anyways, in comes Ernie. <laughs> And I mean, and I wasn't really in the mood to talk, which is weird because I am a talker, but he was a stranger, you know, and so, and he was talking and talking and talking. He was just talking about anything and everything. He was an older gentleman and um, very, very friendly. And I mean, you know, he just sits down, like he's there two seconds, like you got animals? And I'm like, yes, I love animals. Do you have animals? And he sh starts showing me, you know, pictures of his animals on his phone. And then we just got talking, and he was just wouldn't be quiet. He was talking about his wife, and she's a nurse, and but she has all kinds of, like, you know, illnesses and problems. And she has, like, diabetes and high blood pressure and some, like, Epstein, something like Epstein-Barrett, whatever that is. Yes, it's something like that. A bunch of different things but she's still working she's a nurse and um, so I'm like Lord help me to listen to this because sometimes I I you know you don't listen very well sometimes and so I'm trying to stay focused um, I'm like help me to stay focused through this because obviously God you know lined this up but as we were you know talking um, he just talked about everything and everything like and I just felt like the Lord brought him there to have like fellowship with in some strange way and, and then it was a really long time and we were just talking about everything work and he worked at um I think it was Timkin for 40 years and he retired from there but he was still working because he couldn't afford insurance for his wife because she needed uh, insurance with all these sicknesses so he had to at least work some while he was retired and so I left there, like, praying for him in my car. But I felt like I failed God. I felt horrible because I never mentioned Jesus. It made me sad that possibly, you know, like, like Sean said, like, why? Why is Jesus last? last in our conversation, or not at all. And maybe I, I felt like I failed God, because I can pray for Ernie, but it would have been nice to know if Ernie was saved, if he knew Jesus, if he had a church. time of repentance and purifying and so it's been a hard week <laughs> where you know like I've had to go to my husband 
friends who pray for me, like, because there's attacks and I feel attacked. Um, but it's really just refining. It's, it's good. It's like correction of the Lord. And sometimes we can take that and make it into this, you know, place where you could feel horrible, you know, in condemnation. But what really God wants is change of conviction, you know. And so I try to, like, just spend time with the Lord and understand that this is because it's God's will. And, and that's what we want to be walking in always, obedience. And even in those small places of meeting someone new, you know. And then I think it was a couple of days later we were at um, a new place out to eat because we did sightseeing Saturday. And there were these little kids that were just sitting there, two little kids. I don't know. I, I think they were probably like nine years old. And um, the waiter didn't know that they were there to eat, and neither did we. They were sitting next to our table. And they were just sitting there waiting. You know, they had their dollar bills all piled up on the table. And the, and finally, after like 45 minutes after we're done eating, you know, the waiter comes over to the table next to us and the little kids, and he says, were you guys here to eat? <laughs> and these little kids um, wanted to eat and pay with their own money and everything. And I thought that that was so adorable. And I got up and I was talking to them and, and they were like, and we don't know what amount of tip to leave. And it was just really sweet. And so we were talking to them about that. And then I said, and I remembered what happened two days before. <laughs> so I said to the kids, do you know Jesus? <laughs> like, do you, you know, do you go to church? Do you guys know God? Like, no. And um, one of them actually even said something about Satan. So I said, well, trust me. I said, you guys got to know Jesus. I said, and I hope that someday when you're older that you can think back to this conversation and remember about church and Jesus because I wouldn't lie to you. I said, Jesus, it's so important, and I really hope that you get to know Jesus. <laughs> so anyways, God brought me several opportunities this week to really bring him in. Um, and not be ashamed, like, um, like Sean was saying, not be ashamed to mention the name of Jesus. Not be afraid to be bold. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Monday night, just set your heart. We'll meet here at 6 o'clock. Anything else you want to add? Peace Tabernacles from the 3rd, October 3rd through the 11th. we got lots of good things. No, the Father has a number of things established who he's invited those to come. So it's going to be a very, very special time. So you can obviously listen to those words on our podcast. But prayerfully find a place where you can go to set that time aside for you personally, for those of you that are watching online. So, blessings in the name of the Lord. Peace be with you. Power of the presence of the Holy Ghost. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out them demons. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Now, we want, we have an anniversary. Oh, you have? No, I don't have it. Okay. 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 Hi, everybody. I saw this, and I thought of Tabernacles because it's coming right around the corner. And I would like to share this with you guys. It's called, Bless Us, O Lord these thy gifts, which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. I had the picture last supper, 
I would like to donate this as a gift to Tabernacles. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. Yes.